Thank you for listening to the Faith Free Lutheran Church Sermon Archive. Today's sermon for the fifth Sunday of Easter, May 15th, 2022, is preached by Pastor Jason Goodham. If you have questions or comments regarding today's message, please call the church office at 612-824-5527 or visit our website at faithlutheran-aflc.org. Good morning again. Special welcome to those of you who are visiting us this morning. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I would at this time invite you to stand as I read the gospel lesson appointed for this Sunday. The sermon text is taken from John chapter 16 verses 12 through 22. can be found on page 1678 of your pew Bible if you'd like to follow along. Reading in Jesus' name, John chapter 16 verses 12 through 22. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. A little while, and you will see me no longer, and again a little while, and you will see me. So some of his disciples said to one another, What is this that he says to us? A little while, and you will not see me. And again, a little while, and you will see me. And because I am going to the Father. So they were saying, What does he mean by a little while? We do not know what he is talking about. Jesus knew that they wanted to ask him, so he said to them, Is this what you are asking yourselves, what I meant by saying a little while, and you will not see me? And again, a little while, you will see me? Truly, truly, I say to you, you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. You will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will turn into joy. When a woman is giving birth, she has sorrow because her hour has come. But when she has delivered the baby, she no longer remembers the anguish for joy that a human being has been born into the world. So also you have sorrow now, but I will see you again, and your hearts will rejoice, and no one will take your joy from you. Heavenly Father, these are your words, and your word is truth. We pray this morning that you would sanctify us in the truth, that you would convict us of sin in our lives where that is necessary, and that you would comfort and encourage us with the promises of your gospel. In your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. One of the peculiarities of the human condition, and this extends to being Christian as well, is that we believe whatever we are experiencing in the moment will be that way forever. Think about it. When you're on a spiritual high, you think, nothing's going to change. And I've used this example before, but the easiest way to identify this is those of you who have been to a Bible camp. And you go to a Bible camp, and everything is awesome, and you've heard a powerful speaker, and you think you've got your spiritual life figured out, you're going to go home, and you're going to evangelize the entire world, and there won't be anything left for Jesus to do when he comes back. You know, that sort of thing. And then, like, Monday hits. The very next day, and you realize that spiritual high isn't going to last forever. The opposite is also true, and maybe more recognizable. When you're down in the dumps, you think that's your new reality forever. You think nothing's ever going to get better. That your sorrow and your pain will never cease. Now, our ability to see past our present-day circumstances can be especially damaging to our faith if we're not careful. If we believe that God's especially blessed us in this life, 
and then something crashes, we can become disillusioned with God. But it's especially true if we think that God has already judged and abandoned us. If everything that happens, for good or for ill, seems to be an extension of God's judgment on us, that means our sorrow means God has completely walked away from us. And all this is in mind as a, with our gospel, this, gospel lesson this morning when Jesus literally describes a time when he will disappear. And as we consider it, the whole point as Jesus prepares the disciples and us for that moment is to not let our eyes or our hearts deceive us. And so, turning our eyes back to John 16 this morning, we have, very specifically today, a three-point sermon. But as we look at it, first we'll look at the point of the Holy Spirit. Jesus opens the gospel lesson this morning with an interesting and troubling phrase. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. Now, on the surface, this might be construed as Jesus didn't complete everything he set out to do. We weren't ready for it yet. But that would be wrong because Jesus himself said from the cross, it is finished. So, why would Jesus say, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now? I think it works out in this way. If Jesus had told the disciples everything that was going to happen, and in what way, the disciples would have tried to stop Jesus. They would have become an even greater hindrance to him. After all, we know when it comes to Peter about the get thee behind me Satan passage, and we know about how Peter cut off the ear of the servant in the Garden of Gethsemane when Jesus was arrested. For Jesus to lay out God's plan in detail and in completion before the disciples, it would mean that the disciples would be fighting against those plans even more than their sinful natures were already inclined to do. Now this works itself out for us in our lives as well. We want God to lay out a script for us to follow. But what we often get, at least from our perspective, is plot gaps in silence, leaving us feel like God has left us to muddle through life. But if God did show us everything, how often would we fight against it? If we knew what was going to come, how often would we be tempted to change it in favor of something easier or more pleasant? or more expedient, frequently, continuously, probably. And so, as Jesus explains to the disciples, he has sent the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit has one job in this situation, in the situation where we don't know what's coming next, and we don't know what to expect next. And the Holy Spirit's job is to communicate God's truth to us. And that truth, as far as it works itself out for our purposes this morning, is that God has not abandoned us. In fact, the very reason we think God has abandoned us, that we can no longer see, interact with Jesus, 
is the reason God has given to show he hasn't abandoned us. A little while and you will see me no longer, and then in a little while you will see me. And that's where our connection to the next section in the gospel lesson comes into play. And that's the point of the resurrection. Jesus moves on from his quick discourse on the Holy Spirit, which we'll come back to in a moment, and he says something entirely puzzling, especially to the disciples. A little while and you will see me no longer, and then in a little while you will see me. Now what on earth could Jesus be talking about? That's the literal response the disciples have to this phrase. They just don't understand what Jesus is saying. And so Jesus finally explains to the disciples using the terms of pregnancy. And this is what he says. Truly, truly, I say to you, you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. You will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will turn into joy. When a woman is given birth, she has sorrow because her hour has come. But when she has delivered the baby, she no longer remembers the anguish for joy that a human being has been born into the world. So also you have sorrow now, but I will see you again, and your hearts will rejoice, and no one will take your joy from you. Jesus, as he often does in the Gospels, is here preparing his disciples for his death and for his resurrection. And Jesus has to do it this way and in these terms because when he dies, the disciples will think, that's it. It's all over now. They will be sad. They will be afraid. They will be confused. And ultimately, they will think that Jesus' death defines their new reality. But they will only be half right. Jesus' death does define their new reality, but only in connection with his resurrection. But for those three days after Jesus' death, and even after the resurrection, as we've been discussing during Easter this season, the disciples weep, and they mourn, and they become discouraged, and they don't seem to think that life is going to get any better. Jesus has died, Jesus is gone, and we are doomed. But that wasn't God's plan. That's never God's plan. Jesus died, but he came back. He told the disciples, you will see me again, and they did. So it is with our lives as Christians. And it turns out that Jesus' preaching today about the point of the Holy Spirit and the point of his resurrection gives us the point of our lives as Christians. The entirety of the Christian life, our lives on earth, and the entire church age for the last 2,000 years is that Jesus' disappearance doesn't describe reality as it will always be. Jesus' ascension isn't the evidence that he has abandoned the church. Even though Jesus' absence seems to point to us at every turn that the church is losing. Jesus disappears and the church is attacked. And the church is scattered. And the church is persecuted over and over and over again. 
really, this mirrors our lives. How often does something awful happen to you in your life and you immediately think that God has turned his back on you and abandoned you? How often do you think something bad in your life is divine retribution for something you've done? There seems to be no end to our troubles in life, to our sorrow, to our suffering, to our stress. And as the misfortune and calamity build, it seems like God gets farther and farther away. But Jesus' message to his disciples and Jesus' message to you and me is one and the same. A little while and you will see me no longer. And again, a little while and you will see me. And even then, we might still object. If we know what's coming, a little while, it's been 2,000 years. But we fail to remember. And we actively forget that all time pales in comparison with eternity. And this is why Jesus' promise in our gospel lesson is what we must be focused on. I will see you again, and your hearts will rejoice, and no one will take your joy from you. This, then, is what takes us back to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit wasn't given to fill in the gaps of God's plan in our lives, although he does lead and guide us. The Holy Spirit, if you'll remember, was given so that he can communicate God's truth to us. And this is God's truth that must govern the entirety of our lives. Jesus died, Jesus rose again, and he did all this for you, to forgive your sins, to reconcile you to the Father, and to grant you eternal life. When you think that God has abandoned you, when Satan deceives you into thinking God has abandoned you because of your sins, or when you deceive yourself into thinking that all sorrow and suffering in your life means that God has abandoned you, when all this piles up in your life and weighs you down, these are the reasons why God has sent you the Holy Spirit. God has come to declare truth to you. You are a sinner. That is God's truth. But God hasn't abandoned you. He has sent Jesus to die in your place, and Jesus has risen again to conquer sin, death, and the devil for you. You do suffer, and you will suffer. This is God's truth. But your suffering isn't a measurement of God's opinion of you. Jesus Christ on the cross, in the place, and with an empty, in your place, and with an empty tomb, is evidence of what God's opinion is of you all the time. If you find yourself convicted of, or even threatened to be overwhelmed by your sins, God's truth is this. Repent. Confess your sins because Jesus has won the victory for you, and you will certainly be forgiven. Every time you repent of your sins, God meets you with forgiveness. And if you find yourself overwhelmed by the troubles and the turmoil of life, 
This is God's truth. Do not be afraid. Hear the words of Jesus to his disciples because they are for you as well. I will see you again and your hearts will rejoice and no one will take your joy from you. Jesus has not abandoned you. He will see you again because Jesus is coming back. And we know that Jesus is coming back because he is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.